you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Well, good morning. Uh, I do want to thank you on behalf of the Way of Life Church just for your support and blessing us. Uh, it has been a tremendous journey with the Lord and seeing what he has done with us in a relatively short period of time. And so it's a, it's a joy to be here with you guys today. Um, I'm excited about Lee preaching at the Way of Life Church today. He's uh, doing two services today. And so uh, praise God. Uh, and so I'm going to try and swing by after this service and kind of wave as he gets ready for his second service. But uh, I am uh, excited about being with you guys today. Um, I have been uh, in ministry now for a little over 20 years and full-time for about 15 years, almost 16 years. And I started out in youth ministry. Uh, I was a youth pastor for a number of years, Uh, went on full-time with a very large church, and uh, wanted to take kids to, to camp. Uh, that's what youth pastors do. They take kids to camp, right? And uh, this second year of being full-time youth pastor, I was taking a very large number of kids to camp. Matter of fact, we had more kids than they had camp spaces. And so that was a problem. So we couldn't take everyone. And, of course, these kids were devastated. And so what could we do? Well, one of the parents had an idea. They heard about a different youth camp, uh, one that was in Texas. The camp that we normally went to was actually in Missouri. And so that was a good check mark. It was going to be closer to home. Matter of fact, it was shorter. The normal camp we went to was seven days. This camp would actually be four days. Wonderful. (laughs) And going to the website, this camp actually had a water slide and go-karts. Yes. So I'm kind of excited. So we only had a small number of kids, maybe six or seven kids, and arranged transportation, got dropped off in the middle of Texas, not sure exactly where we were. And uh, sure enough, there was a water slide and go-karts. And the camp seemed to be run by teenagers. And so there were dozens of teenagers. They were all dressed the same. They were wearing white and yellow outfits which I thought was a little strange, but it was okay. It was a Christian youth camp. And uh, something started to show itself as not being a normal experience, right? Those that water slide and the go-karts were there for the kids to enjoy at an additional price. Yeah. And for some reason, the kids were really excited about a water slide and go-karts. For some reason, their youth pastor talked about it Sunday after Sunday. And so I'm paying out of pocket so kids can go down the water slide. Lord, help me. And so that was day one. Day two, they called all the camp chaperones into the worship center. And uh, while the kids went and did whatever activities with all the teenagers that wore white and yellow, Um, and we were sitting on the front row. There was maybe a dozen of us, maybe 15, and the 
person who owned the camp started addressing us, and he was obviously a, a preacher. And he started talking about the blessings that we would have and also the blessings we would have if we would do more to bless the camp. Oh, antenna. <laughs> and so he started to go down the line talking about blessing people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he starts to speak in tongues. Yes, uh-oh. <laughs> Lay his hands on the individual, and they would fall out, right? So, like Benny Hinn. You anybody ever seen Benny Hinn? All right, so he's doing the Benny Hinn thing. I grew up Baptist. And I'm about number 12 in line. And so number one has gone down already. <laughs> and I'm wondering how I'm going to respond. And so, you know, I'm kind of strong in my convictions. I'm going to wait till he gets here and let him know, listen, I understand about the Holy Spirit. I'm already indwelt with God's Holy Spirit. I don't think your hands have anything to do with me being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I started to think about where I was. I don't know where I am. I'm somewhere in Texas, and I'm surrounded by the children of the corn. <laughs> and as soon as I start communicating what I believe, you know, I started to imagine they're going to have the witch trials right after lunch, <laughs> and the kids will never make it home, and they'll become part of the children of the corn, you know. So now I'm starting to kind of be a little anxious. What am I going to do? He's at number three. Number three, hands on the head, Walla Walla Washington, down. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And so then I start to actually switch. I start to think. I start to pray. It's like, God, what, what if my understanding is wrong? What if you do want to use this to impact me? Maybe I don't know what it means to be filled. I know what I've been taught. But what if I'm wrong? So, God, if you want to use this to fill me with your Holy Spirit, then use it right? And so he's at number seven, Saskatchewan. That one goes down. And so now I'm really looking to, listen, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. I don't want to in any way resist what you want to do in this moment. God, God, use me however you see fit. And so if there was a, a theme song playing, if this was a movie and this was a, a song to set the mood, it would have been a very popular song by Madonna uh, that was, you know, Touch for the very first time. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you don't know, don't ask, okay? <laughs> don't ask. I will not be here next year, you know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, so he gets to number 11, right? And so here it is, you know? And he comes to me. And I am wanting to be completely relaxed. And so whatever he wants to do, and he puts his hand on my head, and it's Isep, Ikok. And then the next music that I hear is the loser music from Price is Right. 
You know? Nothing happens. Right? And he just says, oh, this is a strong one. I don't know what that means. But needless to say, um, I got on the phone when I left there, called for the bus to come pick us up. We were gone 6 o'clock a.m. the next morning. Um, And if you were wondering, you know, I was was talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not here to uh, offend anyone. And that last one I said about Esept, Olak Ok, um, that's just Pepsi and Coca-Cola backwards. That's what that was. (laughs) The scripture says there must be an interpreter. So that's why I'm telling you what I said. Um, I want you guys to be prepared if you're ever in that situation. If you ever find yourself in a strange place and it comes up about wondering about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, I want you to know what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Two things I learned that day that I want you to learn. One is read everything on the website. (laughs) Read everything. And the second thing is, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's pray and ask the Spirit to teach us today. Father God in heaven, I do thank you, Lord, for the goodness and the blessing of being in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord for indwelling us with your Holy Spirit and giving us a teacher, a guide into your truth. And I pray, God, that it be your will that this day we would not only know what it means to be filled, but that we would be motivated to be filled. Bless us with your word, God, that we would not only know better, but that we would live better because of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What do we learn about being filled with the Holy Spirit? If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, I want you to open to the letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at the fifth chapter about being filled with the Spirit. Now, the, the focal passage, or it's really a sentence, is actually 18 through 21, but we're going to start at verse 15 to get a little context and understanding what this concept is all about. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15, chapter 5. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and I believe the verses will be on the screen for you as well. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with his spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence. For Christ. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And why is Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing this to a church? Um, you know, it would, might raise the question, did the church not have the Holy Spirit? Since he's making a command for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Well, we know the church had the Holy Spirit because we started off in chapter 5, and in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, he actually says so. He's speaking to both Jewish and non-Jewish believers. He says, speaking to those non-Jewish believers, he says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, speaking of Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And it says it's a guarantee of our inheritance until what? Until we take hold of it. So that lets us know that the believers in Ephesus and the believers in this place, if you have heard the good news of Jesus Christ and believed in Jesus Christ, you are in that moment indwelt with God's Holy Spirit. And guess what? You can't lose the Holy Spirit. Because what did it say? That it is a guarantee, not your guarantee, but God's guarantee of your inheritance for how long? Until you get it. And so until the kingdom is fulfilled, you have the Holy Spirit. Whether or not you do right things or wrong things, you can't lose the Holy Spirit. So why then does the church in Ephesus and maybe every church need to be filled? with the Holy Spirit. And here's what you need to understand. Every church has members indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but every church does not have members who are filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know the difference between being indwelt and being filled? Is being filled with the Spirit, are we like some sort of gas tank and we start running empty on the Spirit? The context of the passage helps us to kind of understand what Paul is conveying with this idea. Now, we started at verse 15. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Walk is a metaphor for how you live. And so he's encouraging them to pay attention to live carefully. And he describes what living carefully looks like. Living carefully, he says, not as unwise, but as wise. And what you're going to see is a pattern of two commands, one negative and one positive. So the negative command, or in way in which you're not living carefully, is to live unwise, in an unwise manner. And so don't be unwise, be wise. He says you need to because the days are evil, and you want to make the best use of your time. Then he gives another negative and positive command. What's the next negative and positive command? He says, and therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. So I don't want to be unwise, and I don't want to be foolish. I want to be wise, making the best use of my time. And I also want to understand the will of the God, will of God. And so then he goes into another set of commands, one negative, one positive. And this time it's do not be drunk with wine. Now that didn't seem to flow. Why of all of perhaps sins that are listed in the scriptures, why does he go with drinking wine. Well, he's not going with drinking with wine, drinking wine. The focus is being drunk from wine. Now, now those of you who have uh, had this debate at home, I don't want you to think that it's just about wine. I don't want you to think it's uh, uh, limited in the sense of it's really anything that affects your condition. You see, the sin is not having wine. Right? Just like you can drive in most counties in the state of Texas, maybe across the United States, you can drive with a closed alcoholic beverage in the car, right? That's not an issue. You can even drive maybe having one drink. That's not the issue. 
The issue is if you drive and you are in a condition of being drunk. That's the problem. And that's what Paul is conveying. It's not the substance. It's being controlled by the substance. The condition. And so there is a negative condition. Don't be in the condition of being drunk. Instead, be in the condition of being filled with the Spirit. So here's a way to think about it, right? When we think about uh, the difference between drinking and being drunk, you know, in one sense, you may control the alcohol, and there's another sense in which alcohol starts to control you, right? That's why we call it driving under the influence. It's not that you have just had alcohol and you may have some alcohol in the trunk of your vehicle. It's alcohol is in some kind of way behind the steering wheel. And you're not driving the way you could. You're driving in a way that can impact you and impact the world around you. Paul says, don't do that. But I still want you to be under the influence, not just of alcohol. I want you to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is a command to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Everybody follow me? And so in this state, why, what's the big deal then? Why alcohol? Okay, I got the condition. I understand the condition of being controlled by something, but why? And, and I want you to understand, it's not just alcohol, it's that green tobacco and anything else that affects your mind and your behavior. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I mean by the green tobacco, Okay. It's, it gives you a consequence. There, there, there's, there's a place where this road goes. It said, leads to debauchery, right? When's the last time you used the word debauchery? Anybody, anybody use it last week? No one here used the word debauchery. Okay. All right. What in the world is debauchery? It's recklessness. It's also understood as senselessness. You've heard the story of the prodigal son, right? That word prodigal comes from the same Greek word here of debauchery. And it's basically basically to live without a safeguard, to live without a care, to live without responsibility. And so that prodigal son took this great inheritance, all of the resources of his father, and what did he do with it? He squandered it. It went to nothing. It wasn't used in a way that it could have been used. It wasn't used in a way that could have honored his father. And what this prohibition is talking about the same thing. That if you are engaging in something that clouds your judgment, you are squandering what the father has given you. It is going to result in debauchery. And so, how do you know when someone's drunk, right? Speech may be a little slurred, don't walk straight. Personality is different, right? And sometimes we kind of explain these things away, right? Maybe you have grown up around the fun drunk. That's the person that likes to make everybody laugh, even if he's the source of the laughter. But you also have those fighting drunks, right? They can be the smallest guy in the room and they'll take on the biggest guy in the room. Not because there's a need, just because they're drunk. 
they're being moved to behave differently because of the substance. Their judgment is different. Their speech is different. And it's a beauty in this passage that the Holy Spirit would inspire Paul to use this out of everything. Because he's saying just like alcohol can negatively affect your behavior, being filled with the Spirit can positively impact your behavior. It can change the way you talk. It can change your character and your personality, how you interact with those around you. It can not only impact you, but the world around you. And so we are to be filled with the Spirit. We ought to live under the influence. What, what changes about us? If you read Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit talks about love, joy, peace, patience, all these things that the Spirit of God produces in your life. That's what it means about the fruit of the Spirit. It's another metaphor about what the Holy Spirit produces in your life. It produces a changed character. It produces the character of Christ. What does that mean? If you're not living filled with the Spirit, if you're not living under the influence of the Spirit, you can have new life in Christ, but you won't have new living. There will be a new you that looks like the old you, sounds like the old you. And it's only as we are filled under the influence that we start to see differences in our lives and people see those differences. Now, this text tells us some of those differences. What does it look like when, when a church is filled with the Spirit, a church that's operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit? It describes singing. Did y'all remember reading that? Singing and speaking to one another and hymns and psalms, spiritual songs. Now, how many of you guys walked in this morning and said, good morning, and the other person said, this is the day? This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Anybody? I'm the only one that did that? Okay. I didn't do that. I said good morning. I hugged some people, spoke to some people. Is the scripture saying that we'll really just start singing all the time when we see each other? Uh, now, I don't want you to think this is something that's impossible. Uh, matter of fact, I've done this before with one of your members. Uh, I was traveling with your friend, Sonny. And we were coming from Louisiana, six, six and a half hour drive. And normally when I go places with Sonny, I go to sleep. I'm just telling you what I do. All right. He's got videos of me hunting and I'm asleep. Videos of us traveling, I'm asleep. And so this is, it was late at night and we're coming back from Louisiana. And here's what Sonny told me. He says, listen, I need you to stay up because I don't know if I can make it. Okay, I'm not going to sleep. And what we did had to been half the drive is we sang. We sang songs. We sang spiritual songs. We made up songs. <laughs> and we had an awesome time coming back from a fabulous trip. Now, here's the picture. I don't want you to think, okay, well, I got to start tuning my voice up every time I see another believer. It's great to do. But the picture is joyful fellowship. Just a joyful fellowship, loving relationships, right? One of the fruit of the Spirit, or aspect of the fruit of the Spirit was love. The second one is what? Joy. 
And so a person who is under the Spirit's influence is going to be influenced to have joy and express joy. Now, interesting thing in this letter to the church in Ephesus, just a chapter before this one, he's warning them about uh, living life in conflict and one where we're not keeping the unity of the Spirit. And there are all sorts of behaviors that we can have, holding on to anger and slander and all these things that affect the unity that we have in the Spirit. And it says when we do those things, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And in this text, it says when we have joyful uh, fellowship with one another, that we make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Did y'all remember reading that? That your life sings to God when you are in a proper relationship with one another. And that flows out of you living life influenced by the Spirit. Second thing that it mentioned was thanksgiving. Just being thankful. Y'all remember reading that in the passage? Talked about being thankful in verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 20. Right? Now, we can understand being grateful for some things. But how are you going to be grateful in all things? Right? When good things happen, you get a raise or you get the good news of your first grandchild. Right? That's stuff to celebrate and be thankful for. But how can you be thankful when you lose that job? How can you be thankful when you lose a loved one? And what this talks about, living under the, spirit of the influence of the Spirit, is recognizing what God has done, is doing, and will do, regardless of your circumstance. Listen, on your worst day, when things aren't going your way, you are still known by God. God still chose to love you. God still chose to send his son to die for you. God had his son rise from the dead so that one day you can rise from the dead as well. He has his Holy Spirit to dwell in you, and nothing on this planet can take that away. No matter what you lose, it doesn't compare to all that you will gain at the end of this life. And so none of the things that we have that we experience in this life changes those circumstances. And the Holy Spirit is the one that lets us to be in this place versus that place. I'm not just in this situation. I'm in this situation. And no matter what has happened, let's show the hardest times. I know God is preparing me. He's growing patience in me. He's growing perseverance in me. And he's making me long for the return of Christ Jesus. And so no matter what is happening, I'm not always happy, but I can always be thankful. Job did it. Job lost everything. And he didn't get down and say, God, what did you do to me? His first response, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshiped. Didn't mean he didn't hurt, but he worshiped. And that can only come from the spirit. You say, that's not something I can do on my own. You're absolutely right. But a person filled with the spirit can be thankful. And then the third one seems real strange. I get the joyful fellowship and I get the gratitude. Submitting to one another. Isn't that what we read? Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
Why is that there? If you look at the rest of the chapter, this one sentence, 18 through 21, is one sentence that gives you the, the, the command of not being uh, under the influence of a substance, but being under the influence of the Spirit. And it starts to tell you what it looks like. And then when you get to the very next verse, verse 22, it starts to show you how it looks, like, how it looks in some specific places in your home. Right? Submitting to one another out of reverence for the Lord. Next verse, wives to your husbands. That's how it literally reads in the Greek. It doesn't say wives submit to your husbands in the Greek. It's implied from the previous verse. You see, we, a lot of times we kind of, when we, we preach this passage or when we teach it in marriage counseling, we don't necessarily give the full context. And it can be conveyed that submission in marriage is woman's work. And this lets us know, no, it's not woman's work. It's the Spirit's work. And it's not just the Spirit's work for women. It's the Spirit's work for Christians. Because we submit not wives to your husbands first. We submit to one another. It's a Christian thing. Now, wives, you need to especially lean on the Spirit in your marriage. Right? That's times when we're praying and, you know, for God to fix the other person, right? The same thing follows for Christ, uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Children, obey your, your parents in the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. All of these applications come from being spirit-filled. And we're, a lot of times we're praying, God, fix them. Lord, fix my husband, and then I'll be able to submit. Lord, fix my wife, and then I'll be able to love her. And God says, no, I don't need to fix you. You need to let me feel you. Because then it doesn't matter about the other person and what they do. It's about what you are allowing me to do within you. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your life. You know, when we suspect someone that's been driving under influence, it's common for them to undergo a field sobriety test. And so if you could do a field sobriety test, and let's not say sobriety, but a field spirituality test. How filled are you? Do you see these characteristics coming out of your life? I'm going to ask you a question. If God today were to remove his Holy Spirit from planet Earth, what would change in your life? Maybe a better question is, how would the change be recognized in the lives around you? Would your spouses say there's something different about you? Would your children say there's something different about you? Would the people you work with or go to school, would they say, listen, there's something different about you? If not, you need to be filled. You need to be under the influence of the Spirit. How do I do that? Well, how do you get drunk? You don't get drunk by, by setting a bottle of MD-2020 next to you. See, some of y'all laugh. You told on yourself. <laughs> you told on yourself. Yes, you did. I know some of you thinking, Pastor, how do you know about MD-2020? Let's just say I studied it in college. Okay? <laughs> Lee's not going to have me back. I already know. Okay. I already know. <laughs> but, but how do you get 
drunk, right? It's not being in proximity to something. It's indulging in something, right? The more you engage in it, the more it impacts you and affects you. And so that's what we have to do with the Spirit. To have our mindset, according to Romans chapter 8, on the things of the Spirit. You want to have your mind in heavenly places. Whatever the Spirit would be encouraged to do if he was here in bodily form, then we need to do those things. You see, what alcohol does, how does it affect your behavior? It lowers your inhibitions, right? Your inhibitions is your filter that says, don't do this or you're going to make a fool out of yourself, right? And alcohol starts to explain those things away. And you start to say, well, you know what? You only live once. And before you know it, you got your shirt off and you run around a college campus. <laughs> your inhibitions are lowered, and that's a bad thing when it comes to alcohol. But actually, lowered inhibitions is a great thing when it comes to the Spirit. You see, because all of us, have heard the voice of the Spirit in some form or fashion calling us to do something, and we explained it away. Because we interpreted, that's going to make me foolish. The Holy Spirit says, listen, I want you to give this to somebody. And we explain, listen, well, they need to just work for it for themselves. And I need to use this. There's been times when the Holy Spirit says, you need to forgive this person. And you say, well, maybe if they come to me first, I'll do that. And we explain it away. And so I want to encourage you to engage in the things of the Spirit, and to lower your inhibitions. You know, right now we're in this place, and there are lights all over this place. There's power all in this room, right? Electricity is running through the walls right now. And we can see things, but there's still darkness in this place. Why? Is it because we don't have enough lights? That's not the case. We've got plenty of lights. It's because the lights are on dim that they're actually lowered. They're actually restricting the power that could be fully expressed through the lighting here in this place. But at the end of the service, you know what they're going to do? They're going to move those dimmers up to the full capacity, and there won't be any darkness in this room. I want to encourage you to do the same thing with the Spirit. We live in a dark world that desperately needs all the light that can come from God. And you're the light bulb, and you're also the dimmer. And if we're going to live this life that's filled with God's Spirit, living under His influence, I want you to move that dimmer up. Anytime God calls you to do something, even though your mind says, ah, you might look foolish, you're not going to look foolish. You're going to look faithful. And not only will it change you, impact you, It'll impact your marriage. It'll impact your kids. It'll impact generations to come. And it will change this community and ultimately this world. So I want to encourage you guys to get some LUIs. And I want you to be a repeat offender. I want you to get ticketed by your spouse today for living under the influence. Get ticketed from your kids today for living under the influence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your truth. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we will not explain uh, away the opportunities that you give us 
to live out the light that is within us. I'm praying, God, that in the sound of my voice, that all of us will make a decision today and any day you allow us to wake up to give you control. We will no longer have designated drivers for when we do the wrong things, but that you will be our designated driver in the right things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org slash give.